How are you doing this morning? You excited? We'll be bobbing for apples later. We're going to be baptizing some people this morning, and we are really excited about that. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for this morning. Just excited, not uh, not just to uh, dunk people in some water, but to celebrate lives being changed and and Jesus working in this community. And that is very exciting to me. If you are new with us this morning, we are Six Eight Church, and we are trying to be a church full of disciples that do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. So. We are about disciples, making disciple makers, and the kind of disciple we want to make are disciples who go out into the world and live in such a way that they do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. And if you are new and you want to help us do some justice in the community, you can fill out this card and drop it in the offering basket at the end of the service. And for everyone who is new, this is your first time with us this morning, we will donate a pair of socks in your honor to Northwest Children's Outreach a uh, local outreach organization that reaches out to children in the area who are in need. So you can help us do justice this morning by filling out that card and turning it in. This morning's service is going to be quite a bit different than uh, our normal service. We, I'm not going to talk for a long time like uh, you're, you were used to. I was expecting a little bit of applause or something. <laughs> um, I'm just going to share a little bit about baptism, but we're also going to open it up for, for you to share um, and just kind of celebrate this morning the work that God has done in your life. Just because you're not getting baptized this morning does not mean that God is not working in your life, and so we want to give you a chance to share. So uh, if you have something, if you have a story you would like to share, then be thinking about that in here in just a few minutes as a part of the sermon. You get to help me preach the sermon this morning by sharing your story. We will come around with a mic and give you a chance to share, but um, I just want to really quickly kind of clarify baptism. We're in a series right now called Love Illuminated, and we are in the first chapter of John. And in the first chapter of John, we see John the Baptist baptizing a lot of people. And as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, John the Baptist is preparing the way for Jesus Christ to come. And so he is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. And he's quoting from the Old Testament passage in Isaiah. And he's saying that he is that voice. He is the one who has come to prepare the way for the Lord. And, and he is one of the ways that he is doing that is by baptizing. And I want to talk about the different kinds of baptism this morning and maybe bring some clarity for some of us who, uh, who don't quite understand all the different kinds of baptism. We have one kind of baptism that we believe in, and that's what we're going to celebrate this morning. But there are a lot of different faiths that celebrate a lot of different kinds of baptisms. And I want to start uh, with, with this baptism uh, from John the Baptist. Now, John's purpose was, was to get people ready. John's purpose, his whole point was getting people ready for the coming of the Messiah. And so, that, that passage I just alluded to, Isaiah 40, verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That's from the Old Testament, and um, he's compared to Elijah the prophet, and um, this is what was said of, of him in the Old Testament. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike them with a curse. Now, now Elijah, or Elijah is coming at, at a later date. We're not going to talk about that this morning because that's really confusing. But uh, John the Baptist was coming to prepare the way, to prepare the hearts of children and fathers to turn to Jesus. And so that's what John did. His whole baptism, his whole ministry was turning people toward Jesus to get them to look 
toward him. So um, that, uh, he taught people to leave sins behind, to repent and get ready for the Messiah, but, but he himself was not the Messiah. He himself could not offer salvation. So in Matthew, we read this, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was, he, like we, he was a, a rough around the edges kind of guy. Some of you might, uh, might relate to him. He uh, wore um, animal skins and he ate locusts and honey. He was um, kind of a, a outdoorsy kind of guy to say the least. But his message was also bold, just like his appearance would have been bold. And um, he was not afraid to say the truth, even to uh, Herod and others who were ruling over him, and that ended up costing him his life. But John's baptism was, uh, was stated to be, as the, the, the Bible says, unto repentance. You know, that's kind of a, an old English word. We don't really talk that way anymore. But up to repentance, it, it led up to Repentance and the forgiveness of sins, but Jesus' baptism made people followers of Christ. Now, I want to read just a passage of scripture from chapter John, uh, John chapter 3, chapter John, John chapter 3. There's no such thing as chapter John. John chapter 3, verse 22 through 30. Let me just share a little bit with you. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing near Aon, near Salim, because there was much water there. So if you got a lot of water, might as well baptize some people. They came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. There arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing And all are coming to him. So they're trying to stir up some controversy. They're trying to get John a little upset that that everyone's going to Jesus to get baptized instead of coming to John. And so they want to see how John replies. And, And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness, uh, bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. See, up to this point in time, John had been kind of growing in his following. And then as soon as Jesus entered onto the scene, then his following started to to go down. And then people started following Jesus. And now, if he was an, an earthly leader like a lot of us would be, we would get concerned about that. We would try to revamp the system. We'd try to revamp the strategy because we know it's not a good thing to lose a lot of your followers. It's not a good thing to lose a lot of business. It's not a good thing to lose friends. If you are on Facebook and all of a sudden you went from having 900 friends to 300 friends on Facebook, you would wonder what you had done to make all of your friends mad and leave you in droves. But that's not what John the Baptist does. He does something totally opposite. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Well, why would he say that? Because he understood that his point, his whole life, the reason that he was sent from heaven, the, the gift that he was given to heaven, the, the, the thing that he came to do was to witness, to testify to Jesus. It was to point the way to Jesus, not to build his own following. And as soon as Jesus entered on the scene, then his, then his whole ministry was about Jesus. John chapter 4. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, um, we, we see just in the very beginning that, that, that 
Jesus' uh, disciples were increasing. He was baptizing more than John, and John was not baptizing as many. The people who had been baptized by, by John were baptized again into Jesus' baptism. Much later, Paul runs across 12 men who had been baptized by John, but not into Jesus' baptism. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. That's Acts chapter 19, if you wanted to go there. Um, but, but we see that, that Jesus came to baptize. His baptism was, was not just for repentance. You know, Jews in that time would have, would have had a ceremonial cleansing, a ceremonial washing. We're going to talk about that a little bit more next week and when we get to the, to the wedding um, uh, where Jesus turns the water into wine. And um, the, the vessels that he uses were ones that were used for the, the Jewish ritual of purification. And so we're going to talk about that. But John came to lead people to Jesus. Jesus' baptism is to take people from from the point of, of trying to wash and be clean on your own, to wash and be clean by physical means, and to become followers of Jesus Christ and newly born spiritual means. It's not about, it's not about coming and, and dunking in the water that, that is going to get you clean. It's not if you, if you choose to get baptized this morning. It's not that if you, if you get in this water, as soon as you go down, all of your sins will be washed away because we have holy water and we, we prayed over it beforehand. And as soon as you come out, all of your sins will be washed away. It's not because of the water that anything happens, but it's because of Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross. There's nothing we can do to earn this gift. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. There's nothing that we can do to make ourselves right with God. There's, there's no work that we can perform. There's no good deed. There's no list of good deeds. There's no lifetime of good deeds that can be done to earn your place to a right standing with God. The only way to do that is through grace. And the only way to get grace is through Jesus Christ. John didn't come to bring grace. He came to lead people to Jesus Christ. The ultimate, the ultimate grace is Jesus Christ himself. There is no other grace outside of him. And the only way to Christ and heaven and eternity is through him. Let's continue to look at baptism. Acts chapter 19. Because I want to talk about how we got to where we are today as a church. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to, him, said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. It's like, what are you talking about? Holy Spirit, what's this? What do you mean? And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. John the Baptist's baptism. As, as John was the one who baptized them. And then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's, it's not really clear. It's, it's like what happened between him saying, um, this is what happened with John's baptism, and all of a sudden you need to be baptized into Jesus. But the point that, that he's making is, who are you following? You know, it's, it's one thing to be baptized by, by John the Baptist who is preparing the way, but, but, but he is not the Messiah. He's not the one we're supposed to follow. He's not the one who is supposed to lead us. It is Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. So, so even in what Paul is describing about the words that John the Baptist used, he's saying, my baptism isn't to make you a follower of John the Baptist. My baptism... 
My baptisms are to make you a follower of Jesus Christ so that you will see him and come after him because he who comes after me is greater than me. He must increase. I must decrease. So it matters what you were baptized into. It matters what you were baptized into. Now we as a church... um, One of the things that we don't do, we don't do infant baptisms. We don't do baptisms of of young children. And the reason we don't do that is because of of a very necessary part that we think needs to happen for someone to be baptized. Now, uh, we do dedications where we are committing to, as as a church family and as parents, to, to do everything in our power to raise these young children up in the way of God, to raise the children up and become followers of Jesus Christ, that, you know, Proverbs says that if, if you raise a children um, the right way or in the best way, the best way you can do, I'm trying to paraphrase here, but uh, when he's old, he won't turn away from it. That's not a promise, but a, a just a, a general rule. Um, but it's hard to understand grace when you don't understand that you're a sinner. It's hard to understand that you need salvation when you don't know that you need to be saved. And so, since baptism comes after the work of grace, then, then baptism is something that reflects a work that's already been done on inside our hearts, on the inside, on something that, is, that has been done. And so, so we don't know that children are able to make that decision when they are young. We don't know that children are able to, to put their faith in Jesus Christ when they're babies because they are not yet fully aware of the kind of people that they are. And it's not until much later in life, that we really start to understand that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And maybe you're here this morning, and, and the only baptism that you have experienced was that baptism. It was that, was that you were baptized when you were a baby, and you think that that means that you are now a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to clarify, um, that does not mean that you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, but it is not that event that makes you a follower of Jesus Christ. What makes you a follower of Jesus Christ is your heart and your passion and your desire. So, so if you have, have repented of your sins, that means to turn away from, and that's, that's what John was leading people up to, repentance. If you, if you know that you have done a lot of wrong things, there's not a, a good enough thing that you can do to overcome the wrong things. If you've turned away from that and you are now following Jesus Christ, then, then the work that is being done is bit by the Holy Spirit in your life. And so, so that makes you a follower. But it's not because you were baptized when you were young that makes you a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, we could baptize you today, and if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ and started following him, you would just get wet. So the point of what we're talking about is faith and grace. Faith and grace. I want to talk just one, one more passage, and then we'll, we'll kind of start to move on here. But Romans chapter 6, if you aren't familiar with this passage, a great passage. It brings a lot of clarity uh, to the idea of baptism. Chapter 6, verse 3 through 11. This is Paul talking. We just heard Paul talking to the people who had been baptized by John, and then he rebaptized them because they needed to be baptized into being followers of Jesus Christ. I just want to say on that note, it's very clear that, it, um, at least to me, it's very clear that if, if you've been baptized before, but it was into the wrong thing, then it's no big deal to be baptized again. And in fact, they were baptized into being followers of John the Baptist, who was leading the way to Jesus Christ, and yet they were baptized again to be followers of Jesus Christ. But Romans chapter 6, do you not know 
that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus, baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Let me read that sentence again because I messed it up. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Jesus Christ raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, I want to stop right there. So what we are, what we are going to be celebrating today through, through baptism is that picture. So the easiest way that I can put it is we are, we are buried with Christ through baptism, and then when we come out of the water, we are raised to new life in Christ. So we are buried with him through baptism. We die to the old man, to the old self, to who we were, everything that we were following before. When we, when we are baptized, it represents that we, we, we know that we, the old man has died, the old person is, is gone and done away with, and coming up out of the water is a new person, a new follower in Jesus Christ. We are buried with him in baptism, and then we are raised to new life in Jesus Christ. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So, so if we are going down, if, we're, if we are dying in the same way that Jesus Christ died in his physical body, then also when we are following Jesus Christ, when we, when we are raised, we are raised to new life, just as Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away, done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Now, here's the thing that, that I, want, I want to make clear about this morning. Getting into the water does not mean that you have everything together. Getting into the water doesn't mean you have, you have come up with a way to live a perfect life. And now that you are following Jesus Christ, you've got all of your stuff together. You've got the whole life figured out and that, and that now you are finally ready and prepared to get into the water and be baptized. If you're waiting for that day, you will be waiting until eternity. Because I can tell you from my own life and from my own Mistakes that I make on a daily basis that, that I would not yet be ready to be baptized. I know some very godly people who have lived very godly lives, and if that was the prerequisite that we had to get our life together before we could be baptized, even they would not be ready to be baptized. It is not the work that we have done that gets us into the water. It's the work of Jesus Christ has done to raise us out of the water. We say that again. It's not the work that we have done to get us into the water, but it's the work that Jesus Christ has done to bring us out of the water. Because it's not about, about how much we can do, how much right we can do to earn a place, to, to be able to earn our way into being baptized as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's all on him and on his shoulders and on, on his responsibility that we get to experience a new life. And so, so we come into the water by grace and we are raised out of the water by grace and then we live new lives by grace. And then our lives from this point on then become, become about doing everything we can with the help of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit living in us to, to shake off the skin of the old man, to shake off the, the ways of the old man of who we were before we came to Christ, and then to become more and more like Christ being created in his image. We will never achieve that until we get to heaven, but, but as we go through life, the hope is that, that the more steps we take towards becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, that the more we become like him and the less we become like the old man. We're shaking off the old skin and we're putting on new skin. We're doing away with our old self and becoming our new selves. So, his death and the likeness of his death, certainly we also 
shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, who we were, when we were sinners, when we, when we were sinners in need of a Savior, when we had done nothing to earn salvation, who we were was, was crucified with Jesus Christ on the cross so that that body of sin might be done away with, it might be dead, it might be put to death so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because when you are living in your own strength and your own body, you are still living in a body tied to a curse and you will be slaves to that curse until the end of time if it's not for the grace of Jesus Christ. But he who has died has been freed from sin. It's a very simple verse. It's something that we, that we, that we instantly know. As soon as, if you, if you know anyone who has died, you know that as soon as they move from this life into the next, that, that they are no longer struggling with this man, with the, with the old man, but they are now freed from sin if they are followed Jesus Christ. But now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that we have been raised from the dead... Go back. If we died with Christ, we believe that we all we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Having been raised from the dead, he dies no more. Having been raised from the dead, he dies no more. He was crucified on the cross as a substitutionary atonement. He paid the price on that cross for our sins. He he died in our place. He, He paid the debt that we owed. And he died on that cross because of his great love for us. And he died, but the death that he died, he died once for all mankind, and he does not die it anymore because death no longer has dominion over him. Death no longer has mastery over him. Death no longer has power over him because he was risen from the dead, because he conquered death. He beat death. He he overcame death. He resurrected from the dead. And now, because we are able to receive his grace, we too can die once and then be raised to new life in Christ. That does not mean that we will never die in this body. We know that we will all die. But that when we die, life awaits and not death. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. There's, there's, it's, a, it's an amazing verse. I hope, you, I hope you hear that. I hope you really uh, can take just a minute to understand that because the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. That means all of our sins, everyone in this room, we all have sins. We have sinned. We will sin today and we will sin in the future. That Jesus Christ died The death that he died, he died for our sins once for all. He died to sin once for all. Death and sin no longer have mastery over us. 
But this new life that we celebrate today, this new life that, that, that Jesus Christ lives, he lives to God. Likewise, we too, when we, when we reckon ourselves to be dead, when we put ourselves in, that sh- in the shoe of being dead to sin, then we get to be alive to God and Christ Jesus, our Lord. So there is nothing that we can do this morning to earn the right to step into that water. It is only by the grace of Jesus Christ that we get to walk up these steps and, and get wet. So wherever you are this morning, wherever you find yourself, you're going to hear stories of people who have experienced that new life. And we're going we're gonna to stop here and we're just going to celebrate if you have a testimony. Um, you're going to hear stories of people, how, how God has been at work in people's lives over the last year through this church. And um, while, I'm, while I'm talking about it, we put together a, an annual report. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's talking about how last year went and all the stories we get to celebrate. But, but we tried to do it in such a way that it shares the story of 2013, not just a bunch of details and a bunch of facts about what happened. But, but we wanted to share the story of 2013 and 6-8 Church and how Whipple Creek Church became 6-8 Church and the work that God did over this past year. And so and how the work that he did is preparing us for the work that he wants to do in 2014. And we wanted to start off, I wanted us to really start off this year by celebrating that work. But if you're here and you don't know Christ, if you've never put your faith in him, then this could be your chance to to finally align yourself with the Savior of the universe, to turn away from from the life that you've been living and to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And and to do that, the only thing that needs to happen is we, we need to admit that we're a sinner in need of a Savior, we need to believe that Jesus Christ died in our place and paid the death, paid the, the toll for our sins, and that we need to commit our lives to following him from this day forward. It's easy to say, it's harder to do. But if you hear stories that you resonate with, if you hear stories of life change, of people whose lives have, were similar to yours, and, and you realize that, yes, this, that's my story, that's, that's where I am, then, then you also understand that that grace is available to you this morning. It's available to you every day. It's available to you at the asking. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior and turn away from, from that life of sin. Believe that Jesus Christ died in your place, that he is the Savior of all mankind, that he died for you on that cross, and then commit to following him for the rest of your life. So, with that, does anybody have a a testimony, a story that you want to share of, of something that God did in 2013. I get to start with a fun one. Because Mary is here, and we've been missing Mary for a few weeks, so welcome back, Mary. I have been waiting all night to share with you. <laughs> hard to sleep last night, to tell you the truth. Um, If I cough, I'm sorry, I will try to. I do. What I just wanted to share briefly with you was just a short little journal entry that I had shared with um, my family during the last four weeks. And if this gets emotional, that's me. (laughs) And this is one of the entries. Is my heart overflows with such sincere thankfulness? I can't even get past the first 10 words. 
And I know it's God. I know it's his people praying and praising and standing in the gap when this girl here was too overwhelmed to know how to pray. The Lord gave me a prayer four weeks ago this weekend. And my prayer continues that the Holy Spirit will breathe into the places where I cannot. That Jesus' healing flow will pass all obstacles. And that I will never, ever forget the words so gently whispered to me by my Heavenly Father just days before I left on my trip during a prayer session with my counselor. And my Heavenly Father comforted me that day and said, Come to me. Come to me, my daughter, and rest a while. I had no idea that night what that really meant. And now today, (laughs) I am so excited to gladly share with you Paul's heartfelt prayer to the Ephesians in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. I need you to hold this. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask, or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory, to the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Becky's over there with the mic. If you just want to want to share, have a story to share, you can just raise your hand, we'll run to you. Uh, nothing, nothing crazy has happened to me in this last year, just joking. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll just give a little background for you. For those of you that don't know me, I used to, uh, I used to be a heroin addict, and I used to, to think that uh, being 24 years old, I was going to die of a drug overdose, and that's what that's what God's plan was for me. Um, I'm 28 years old today, and uh, I got baptized on October 28th, 2013, and uh, just I've been sober since January 10th of 2010, and. Um, I, I can't I can't not say something about what Jesus has done. I know it. I've I've been able to live out that grace. I mean, there's how could I have ever repaid the debt that I that I've caused? Um, 
But just today in this in this past year, you know, the last time I was up here with this microphone, I was proposing marriage to Kami, and uh, she said yes. I knew she would say yes, otherwise I wouldn't have done something like that. <laughs> um, and just just the way that God's moving in our lives today, and how He is the leader. I, I do I do not have any choice today. I I am I've been chosen to be a follower. Like that's what I believe. Every single thing, every single aspect of my life today is because of him. I want to be led by him. And it's it's amazing that the things that are happening in my life today in AA and in in church and in my job, as I continue to pray every day to be led, you know, it's just it's amazing. The things that, that we've we've experienced, we own a house and we just how that happened, the whole thing is just crazy. And it's just he just continues to provide and in ways that I can't even understand that if I tried to figure out how to make the things that have happened happen, it would not work. And it, it just happens because I just put that faith in him. And it's faith is scary because it doesn't work unless you're all in, 100%. And when you're all in, you got nothing You got nothing else. But, I mean, what better thing to put faith in than Jesus Christ? And if anybody in here is, is wondering what that's all about, just keep coming around because David is saying things that are coming straight from God, and I know that in my heart. This is a place that is going to do great things, and I feel blessed to be a part of this church and have everybody here. Thank you. It's all one-sided. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. It, you made me get up there. <laughs> well, Jesus made me get up. My name's Stan, and uh, I used to be a drug addict, too. That's what got my attention. Excuse me. Um, I met a friend of mine. Uh, Daniel here one day over a disturbance in the neighborhood, something that disturbed me, you know, uh, a death. Someone killed themselves, and it was, for some reason, it just really got under my skin, got into my heart. It's a person I didn't even know, never even seen before. And I just needed to speak with somebody about it, somebody that I felt might be spiritual about it. And I spoke to Daniel and every since, we've had a, a relationship that's built and built from there. And uh, here I am at 6-8 Church, and I realize that how sick my mind has been since before then. You know, I, I, got, I even find myself sitting here in church sometimes going, what are you thinking? You know, let's, let's bring your mind back into Sit next to Jesus and let him help you out, wipe some of this dirt off out of your mind, you know, and, and to listen to the, to, the, to the music and to listen to you preach. And there's so many things that I didn't even realize. You know, I was raised in church, but I was in church, you know. I paid no attention. I was like the kid that just, you know, needed to be spanked. <laughs> but I just, I just had to get up and say something. If I made no sense whatsoever, I apologize. I just needed to get up and say thank you for being here. Thanks for being a family. I mean, just for me being gone for a couple of days, a couple of weeks rather, and, and for people to come and embrace me the way they have. Here, it makes me feel as though I, 
I have a place in the world now. So thank you very much. And Sally, this is Marshall. Um, last May, we were rendered homeless in a real estate scam, and we had moved out of our home of 11 years to go there. We spent the summer on the streets, and, you know, at motel rooms cost a lot. We finally got an apartment um, close to here in September, and uh, we moved in there with a bed and a TV, everybody's help, and, and um, we have a home now. The biggest blessing was coming here into this church. I actually came um, to the food bank on Wednesday, and it was so cold I came in to sit down. I stayed warm. There was the birth, Micah 6-8 on the wall. I all of a sudden had this warm, all-encompassing love in my heart and tear in my eye. I went home and told Marsh when we came to church sets next Sunday. We found a home here. I know that everything happens in God's time and whatever is happening is supposed to be. I guess the fact that we are here it was worth everything we went through. God bless you, and thank you, Jesus. Anybody else want to share? Anything you want to share with us about what God did in your life last year? Or any time. Hi, this is my second time at 6-8 Church, and I love it here. I'm from Wenatchee. I go to a, a great Columbia Grove Church there, and I'm Shannon's mom. And uh, I was leaving work one day last, last year, and I got a phone call from my doctor, and I'd been waiting for that call. And before I answered it, I had an incredibly warm feeling go over my whole body. And I knew what the call was going to say, and I didn't, I wasn't afraid. And they told me I had cancer. And I went through cancer treatment, and they believed they got it all. But that was the most amazing feeling to just be completely filled with the Holy Spirit and know that, that he was there with me and holding my hand. And I also just want to say thank you to all of you with Shannon and Lee. Their growth with the Lord is awesome. And I love being here. I wish you guys were closer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else want to share? Well, we're going to, if you, you can interrupt me in the next couple of minutes if you, if you want to share, but um, we're going to turn now and start moving towards baptism. Before we do that, I want to take communion together as a family. We're going to have some people come up and start passing out the elements to you while I kind of talk and explain 
what's going to happen. But on, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the disciples were all gathered together in a room celebrating a dinner that, that was called the Passover. And the Passover was something that, that was started thousands of years before this night. And it, was, it, it goes back to, it goes back to um, the, the uh, Israelites who were in slavery and God was, was doing things to show his power and his might to Pharaoh and to get his people out of, out of the bondage that they were in. And this was the last, the last sign, the last of the, of the plagues that, that Jesus brought on Egypt. And, and it, was, it was a horrific one. It was, it was a plague of, of death. It, it, it was killing off all of the firstborn in the land. And Pharaoh had hardened his heart, and God had hardened his heart, and uh, he just hadn't listened to and, and followed the things that, that uh, God had been doing to lead him in the right direction and um, ended up with, with a plague that cost him the lives of, of all of the next generation almost. And, but Jesus... Um, came and he did the same thing for us that, that God provided for the Israelites who were in slavery. And, and what, he, what he provided for them was, was a Passover. And if you don't know the story, you can go back and read it. Um, it's in the Old Testament. Just look up the, the Passover. But um, what happened was, was God had told the people of Israel to, to put the, the blood of a lamb over their doorpost. And if the as the as the the spirit of death or the angel of death came through and was going to take the lives of all the firstborn, if there was blood on the doorpost over over the household, then then their house would be passed over. Their house would be passed over, and and death would not come upon them in that house that night. And the next morning, the the entire country, the entire kingdom woke up and was in mourning because of all the lives that had been lost. And, and finally, Pharaoh pushed the Israelites out of the country. And, and then here we sit today, we, we sit in a, a very similar place where we, maybe some of us, not as much as, as others, but we have, we have received warnings from God. We have received notices, you know, we, we have received ideas that, that the path that we're walking on might not be the right path, and, and that if we would just, if we would just let, let the blood of Jesus Christ cover over our sins, or let the blood of Jesus Christ cover over our lives, then, then we would no longer be facing the death that is coming our direction, but we could be facing the life of Jesus Christ. And so on that night, that's, that's what the disciples were celebrating, that 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 the Passover had happened, but but how many they they didn't really understand, they didn't really grasp until later that that what was happening on that night was a new Passover, it was a new celebration, it was a new covenant, it was a new promise between God and the people who would choose to follow him that that if you drink of this cup and, and eat of this bread and that if you if you do this in remembrance of me that there's nothing that magic that happened in that, that bread that night. There was nothing magic that happened in the cup that night. But, but what happened was what, what came in a couple of days of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And, and what he wanted, what he set in place was a chance for us to remember the sacrifice that he made in our place. And if you do these things in remembrance of me, then, then what you have is the Passover. What you have is 
is that we deserve death, but Jesus gives life. That we deserve to die, but when we're covered in Jesus' grace, when we're covered in Jesus' love, when we're covered by the Passover lamb, we now have eternal life instead of eternal death. And so when we as a church celebrate communion, when we take the elements of communion, we're not just we're not just eating some bread and drinking some juice because we had some extra money in the budget and we wanted to get everyone together for a bite-sized meal. It's not just a ritual that has been passed on for, for thousands of years from, from that night until now. It's not just a tradition that, that, we, that we observe. And um, I need to get some bread and juice if, if you guys can bring some up here. Um, it's not just a ritual that we deserve. It's not just doing this because every other church does it, and that's what you're supposed to do as a church. That's not our reason for doing anything, and we are, we are constantly looking at how we do things as a church because we don't, we don't want to just do them based on ritual. We want to do them based on the fact that that's what we're supposed to be doing. If I spill this in the water, it would be holier water. But we do this because we understand we would not have a hope for a future today if it was not for the price that Jesus paid on the cross. And this is a chance for us to stop and, and tangibly remember the sacrifice that was made in our place. This is a, a chance for us to stop and, and look at the bread and think of Jesus sacrificing his body on the cross in our place, that, that we deserve death, but he died in our place, and he, he suffered a brutal executionary death on a cross so that we wouldn't have to. And so we can look at the bread and we can remember that and remember that he died in our place. And we can look at the juice that, that when they passed around the cup, it was wine and and know that that cup represents his blood and that he, he, he bled every last drop of his blood, that every drop of his blood was poured and spilled out so that we would have eternal life, that, that he died a painful, horrible death and that he, he bled so much that there was nothing left to bleed to cover over our sins. And so we remember today that, that sacrifice that he made. And wherever you are today, I would just encourage you to join in with us. Um, I know a lot of churches ask you not to take in the elements if, if you aren't a follower. But, but we say if, you, if you're just interested to know a little bit more about Jesus, then, then partake with us this morning, you know, fancy, fancy word. But eat with us this morning and experience this sacrifice that was made for you because the sacrifice was made for you. The cup of, of the new covenant was spilled for you. And if this is a step toward you coming and putting your faith in Jesus Christ, if this is a step in moving you closer to following Jesus Christ with your life, then, then we offer that to you this morning and this body. So on that night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it and passed it out to his disciples. And he said, take and eat and do this and remember to me. Let's eat together. And then later he passed the cup that represented the new covenant he was making 
the old covenant was gone, the new covenant would now be in place, and this is the covenant that we live under today, the, the eternal promise that he will never leave us or forsake us, that he sent the comforter to, to guide us and to protect us and to live in us, and that, that we get to live ever on in his presence because of the sacrifice that he made, not because of anything that we've done, but because of his grace. And he passed that cup, and he said, take and drink. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. So the band is going to come. We're going to sing a song as we get ready to to do the baptisms. If you're getting baptized and you know you're already, already know you're getting baptized, you can come up here to the table and get your shirt, put your shirt on. You get a free shirt for getting baptized. That's not a good enough reason to get baptized, but that is a uh, that's a little bonus. But um, if you're here this morning and, and you decided just in this time that we've been talking that that's for me, I need. I need some of that. I need, I need Jesus' grace. I need my life to be changed. I need to experience the grace of Jesus Christ in a way I never had before. I need to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I've been following my own religion and my own rules and regulations for too long, and I need to try something new. I need to go and put my faith in the one who can actually take me to a place that I can't get to on my own. Then as we're singing this song, I would encourage you to come over here and talk to, talk to Jim will be over there. We'll have some other people you can talk to and And just pray with them and and put your faith in Jesus Christ for the first time. And we can actually baptize you here today. Uh, We'll take some pictures. So if you have family that you want to show, we can can show them the pictures of it and they won't miss out on it. But what a great step of faith it would be today to, to come in not sure of your eternity, but to walk out a new life in Jesus Christ. So let's all stand together. We're gonna we're gonna worship. I'm gonna go change my clothes and come out here right after this song and we'll we're going to celebrate baptisms the kids are going to come up and join us so uh, you might hear some noise in the back from kids coming up from downstairs to come and watch the baptisms but we're just going to celebrate we're going to celebrate new life in Jesus Christ and worship Jesus together